0: The email simply had a description saying my board was beeping. Um, they, it Which was, is strange because the board doesn't have a speaker. It doesn't have any device to emit a noise. Welcome
1: back to another episode of the Evolve podcast, Eastgate Chat. On this episode, we're going to be talking about all things service. How you should service your board, uh, what... All those things that I'm the media guy, so I'm not quite sure. That's why we have Nick here. He's a global head technician at Evolve. Um, tell us a bit about who you are and what you do.
0: Hey, guys. How are you? Um, I am Nick. Uh, I do work in the global division with Evolve um, as the technical manager for not just Australia, but as Matt said, global operations. Um, so distributors, tech support, um, and a little bit of R&D. Um, pretty much anything tech-related or, I guess, tech orientated, um, whether it's servicing boards um, in a real world of customers and R&D and new product. So when you first started at Evolve, set the scene, what
1: year was it, what boards were out and what did you do and what was Evolve like as a company?
0: Yeah, okay. Um, So it's gone back a few years now. So this is 2016. I started early in 2016. Um, The company was still quite small then. We had, I think, probably five staff. Um, There's about three on the floor and sort of two in offices. Um, and yeah, it was, it was pretty small operations. This was still running the Gen 2 bamboos and the Gen 1 carbon, the long one with the kick tail. Um, you know, this is before the GT came out the GT was still in its beta stages then. Um, so it was really cool to sort of see the uh, operations and the, the ground level of the company before that GT really sent it up. And what did you do? So when I first came on, um, I was a bit of an all rounder as most small companies, Everybody kind of is. Um, So, you know, did a bit of everything. Uh, It was like customer service, dispatch, um, you know, getting hands on with tech on the tools. Um, And yeah, sort of, you know, a bit of everything at that stage.
1: Uh So, we've been through a few generations aboard since you've been here. Yep. How has your role in Evolve progressed over the years as the company sort of grown out and become bigger?
0: Yeah, okay. Um, Yeah, I guess, you know, obviously, as the company started growing, I started like, you know, falling into that specific technical role because um, that's sort of like my background where I came from um, and, you know, sort of took on that technical role on my own and grew that department and then obviously as a company's grown, we've gotten more people in there and I've kind of moved on with that and, um, yeah, sort of not so much on the tools anymore, uh, kind of dealing with the, the back end a little bit more and uh, passing on the information we get from our technical teams uh, so we can actually use that in a a constructive way for our production and sort of r&d kind of areas awesome so linking back to the the service
1: department why is it important for an electric skateboard company to offer service
0: yeah i mean it's like like all our kind of toys i guess i mean you know you and i both come from mountain bike background i've come from other bikes as well um, and we know all those kind of devices, especially motorbikes, bikes. You know, they, they all need servicing. Um, you know, we, we put them through their paces, um, they get punished, they get exposed to the environments. That's always going to wear components. And without that service center and that ability to have them serviced and buy those service parts, uh, you know, the boards are just going to slowly deteriorate and wear out. So it's, it's really important to have that uh, service network and, uh, I guess, support system um, be able to sort of keep the board and the product maintained and operating like as it should be that's an interesting point we
1: find um, some of our customers go into their evolved journey with that mindset and others come in with a more tech orientated thing and what i mean by that is uh, an electric skateboard's a vehicle so you'd sort of expect fair wear and tear 100 percent wheels are going to wear out belts are going to wear out it's going along the ground, getting smashed. Yep. Whereas, um, you know, a phone or a laptop, you sort of just expect it to work. Yeah. What would you say is a, a fair mindset to expect in wear and tear? Like, if someone's going to buy a board, yep. what should they be up
0: for? Like servicing? Yeah. So, I mean, that's that's a common question we do get, and it's it's a very valid one because you know a lot of people who don't have those kind of bike backgrounds and stuff, they're not really sure on the whole servicing thing. Um, as a bare minimum, for most people who just use a board kind of like a um, maybe a commuter and light use thing as like that, we, we would say like minimum, like every six months, the board probably should be serviced. And, you know, we're talking like bearings probably replaced, if not at very least cleaned, if they're still in good condition. Um, your pivot cups probably replacing, cleaning and um, possibly replacing bushings because they're always going to wear out. And then checking things like you know your drive belts, gears, tires, wheels. Those are all those wearable items that are going to be impacted by the environment that the board's being used in, and that's all that varies from customer to customer. So when we have customers who do a lot more off-road use, we tend to see those kind of um, components, especially like bearings and belts, will start wearing out quicker, um, or at least becoming, I guess, uh, affected by those environments quicker. And so if they don't maintain them, then they will actually wear out faster. Whereas if they maintain them more regularly, say like once every three months, then they're still going to get like the same kind of life out of them. So
1: by all those kinds of servicing, a lot of that is stuff people can do at home. 100%. We're not talking about bringing your board into the service department every six months for that. Correct. Yeah. What should a typical service routine look like?
0: We do have a video on this that you can actually <laughs> yeah.
1: follow, but run people through that.
0: Yeah, so like the, a basic service that we would do in-house if customers do want us to do it for them would include replacing the bearings. So that's all the wheel bearings and the drive gear bearings. Uh, we inspect the belts and see if they need replacing or whether they're okay. Replace the drive gears if they need be. So some people who ride a fair bit, um, they can wear out the gears or they can get debris in and they get damaged. Um, And damaged gear can cause the belt to wear out quicker. So it's always good to check those kind of things when we're sort of doing that service. Uh, We replace the pivot cups in the trucks because that causes a lot of those squeaking concerns we see. Um, And cleaning, lubricating bushings and basically giving the whole board like a clean and a once over, because by starting at the front of it and going to the back of it, and you know, looking at every single nut and bolt, we're we're going over the whole operating system, and we're finding anything that needs to be addressed straight away. Um, that's a basic routine kind of on the board. What's the indicators for people to know when they need to do
1: that? Because yeah. if someone if someone's only writing it once every two weeks, yep. it is
0: probably going to last a lot longer than that six months before Definitely. it
1: needs a bit of love. What should people look out for?
0: The first thing people generally start uh, noting to us if they contact us is like noises. So, you know, that can be noises from the bearings. They can either be clicking or a little bit groany or rumbling. Um, You know, sometimes it's belts. So it could be debris in the belts. Um, We've seen ones like, you know, customers who reported getting less range and that's typically, you know, all trains with flat tires. So that's part of servicing as well. Um, those are probably the main ones that we would have customers contacting us with. And that's like a clear indicator that that board hasn't been maintained. Um, so those are like big pointers that we try and sort of get people to look out for.
1: So with people reaching out to our service department, um, with questions, obviously we see the same questions again and again. What are the most common ones, like you just
0: said, with the flat tires? Yeah.
1: What's most common and what are the implications of that on their boards?
0: Yeah, okay. So like one of the most common ones we do see is the whole flat tires debacle. Um, and, you know, we, we've had people reach out with numerous kind of descriptions of what's going on. Some people will say they're getting less range. Uh, some people say they're not getting the same top speed anymore. Some people say they're hitting heat protection earlier. Um, and, you know, all of those three things can be attributed to flat tires. Um, Like I think we did a test one time and like from inflated tires to half inflated, like, you know, you draw almost twice as much current and you think all that's going into them, you're going to get less range, it's going to get hotter um, and, you know, you're going to get less top speed because it's using more power to propel it. And so, you know, that one thing can cause those three concerns from a customer. Um, So that's a really common one that we see and that's an easy one that we can fix like straight away from over the phone. Um and it's great because then the customer gets back out riding and they're happy and all they got to do is pump the tires up exactly so that, that's the
1: best case scenario yeah
0: when <laughs> people reach out and you
1: said they give different descriptions yep. if you're reaching out to the Evolve service team how much depth should they go into what should they be actually telling people about whatever issue it might be
0: yeah I mean so if if a customer has a noise say for example like you know if a customer is able to isolate it to one side or the other. Uh, if they can tell us whether it's when they're riding or, um, you know, if they're accelerating, when they're braking, if they can reproduce uh, the noise with running the board in the air, and if they can do that, can they isolate it to one side by disconnecting a motor or, uh, and, you know, can they isolate it down to a belt or a gear, things like that, like really help us with, then I guess, guiding the customer and what they can do to address it. Um, and most of the time, we can actually... Um, give enough advice to a customer remotely that they can resolve it themselves, which is cool because then the customer learns something new. They get their board up and running without sending it in, um, and they're back out riding again.
1: Yeah. So, as much information as you can, because a certain uh, what would you say symptom could be any number of problems. So if you send a message saying my board's clicking, it's it's <laughs> not it's not much good for us. It could exactly.
0: Be yeah, I mean, a board clicking, okay, so, and, and we, we do get that, like, you know, we've had customers who have us that my board's clicking, and okay, the first thing we'll say is, okay, well, what situation is it clicking in? Like, is it clicking when you're breaking? Is it clicking when you're carving? Um, so, you know, if it's clicking when they're carving, that can be the bearings and the hubs, and we need to lubricate that. If it's clicking when they're breaking, it could be loose belt slipping. So, with, with that one description that doesn't actually give us a direction where to go, um, but I mean, some customers may not sort of know what information they do need to give and you know, that, that's fine, but it might just take a little bit more communication from Evolve staff because they'll have to respond back with questions to get that information. Yeah. So if, if you get bombarded with a few
1: questions, it's only us trying to help, right? We're 100%. we are trying to diagnose
0: I mean, a problem remotely. Definitely. And fix it quicker. The teams do use some set questions and those set questions typically, indicate to us straight away whether it's something we can help them remotely or whether it's something needs to come in and we always try and help a customer remotely first um because that saves the time
1: while we're talking about customer communication there is one story that we haven't we haven't told and i I think it's a little bit of a funny one can you tell me (laughs) about that board that was beeping
0: (laughs) okay so this was a pretty good one and i think we all had a bit of a, a a good laugh on this one and you know, and this is a case of getting that information from a customer. Like, you know, we, we had the email. The email simply had a description saying my board was beeping. Um, which, it was, which is
1: strange because the board doesn't have a speaker.
0: It doesn't have any device to emit a noise. Like, it, it just doesn't. And um, so, you know, we did the normal questions. We asked, you know, when's it beeping? What's it sound like? What situation is it in? And we isolated it to it was only happening when they were at home. And so we're like, okay. Well, if it's consistent, we can get a video of it. And it was quite obvious in the video that the beep was from a smoke alarm. And it's it's just one of those cases of you know a, a customer learning the product and knowing um, and you know getting that guidance. And it, this kind of really drilled in asking those right questions. Um, but yeah, it was a good one that we sort of enjoyed. Yeah, I I'm sure he felt a little bit silly, but
1: Lou. Low battery warning on a smoke alarm, and if you if that lined up with having a new board in your house, it fully does 100%, make sense.
0: And and he hadn't had the board very long, and so you know, uh, it's, it's you know if it's a noise he hasn't heard before, then it's completely understandable. Um, but yeah, like look, at the end of the day, we were able to get to the bottom of it remotely. The customer wasn't without their board; they had no issue, and they were back out riding happy. So that was the main resolution to that one
1: that's us talking about giving the right information yeah let's talk about getting the right information obviously we have an entire service network that you can contact yeah um but there's also this massive hub on facebook where you have hundreds oh. and thousands of people so many that are, <laughs> that are going to help you out and a lot of the time it's great a lot of the time or some of the time it's not so great. What should people be aware of um, when they are going to social media for advice?
0: Yeah, so I mean, like you said, it's great having that community there and that network because a lot of the time when you see somebody post a question for assistance or help, they get responses so quickly. And like they they honestly do, and it doesn't matter where in the world they are, there's pretty much always going to be someone online to respond to. Even like within one minute. Like, yeah, exactly. It's so quick. It is, and that's great to see. You just need to be careful about what the responses are because, you know, you can ask one question about a a symptom or description and get 10 different responses from 10 different people. And sometimes none of those responses are correct. Uh, So, you know, it's great that these people are helping, but people just need to be aware that, you know, they shouldn't take that as gospel um, and still verify some of that information with like actual trained involved staff who experience with the product um, you know there are customers out there who have a world of knowledge on the product and that's awesome um, but there's also a lot out there who like we do get the wrong information spread um, and sometimes that has actually caused customers further issues because they've gone down the wrong path um, and either you know spent time unnecessarily or they've actually end up breaking something because they've tried to do something they've been directed to online by somebody else um, so it, it, it's a great source but but it's also one of those things that you just need to, you know, be mindful of what information you're getting. And when it comes to what you're asking, if it's a small or minor um, query,
1: like I can't tell you how many times we have seen, hey, my board only goes 20 kilometers an hour <laughs> because they haven't read the manual. and yeah. There's a speed limiter on the board. I mean, we get that about five <laughs> times a week. At least. Um, but, the, you know, something like that. Great, the yeah. Facebook group's going to fix you up in one minute. Yeah. Um, anything to do with trigger resets or belt tensioning, people yeah. tend to know that. If it's a say a, a problem with the
0: electrics of the board, you're not able to know who knows what in that world. Exactly, and and that's the thing. Like you know, for for us even here, when I see customers posting online with certain symptoms, I know myself that okay, we can ask certain questions. But there comes to a point where we need that product in to diagnose it properly and there is no way to do that without actually getting into the board. So these like directions of, oh, when they say it's this component or it's this one, like there is no way to actually define that until you open it up and do some certain tests. Um, So when, when we're talking about all those like internal kind of diagnostics and things like that, then yeah, that's where we do need to be really mindful of that information that people are like, you know, say online that it's a set part that's broken let's take a
1: turn and talk about the the global network because when yep. when you were talking about when you started here that was obviously evolve australia yep um as as a company grew you moved more towards a global role yep. as well working on i guess systems and operations in australia yep proving them out and then implementing them around the world yeah how do you deal with um all the different countries and how do, what does that look like
0: Yeah, so, I mean, we've got a a couple of different ways that they can reach out and through through different channels for different reasons. So, I look over, like, obviously, you know, anything warranty-related, technical-related. I communicate with all distributors um, either through WhatsApp or emails. And so, they've got – each distributor has, like, a a tech line WhatsApp chat with me um, where any concerns that they have that they want quick assistance on, they can raise it through there. And any other kind of things that they want to raise, we can discuss through emails and things like that. Um, at times, we've also used uh, you know online forms where they can submit different issues or concerns that they find, uh, which is really cool because it's a really quick way that all distributors can collate that information into one source for me. And so we're not just then looking at a small piece of the pie like in Australia here. We're actually getting that information from all of our distributors around the world. So we may not see a specific uh, concern that customers say here due to our weather or environment or some of that, but, you know, uh, Northern Hemisphere, like Germany or Netherlands might see it from colder weather. So it's really cool being out, like having those channels where they can report things through uh, quickly and, you know, we can see that all that information together. If, if you look at, um, I guess, the Evolve Network as like a
1: research hub, In terms of electric skateboarding, it would be, uh, it's the world's biggest research of boards because we're selling like there's the most boards out there, but not only that, it's the boards are coming in and getting assessed properly. Uh, Some other brands, they're not getting diagnosed if you're just sending a part to a customer for replacement. So because we have these thousands and thousands of boards out there, the ones that do have issues. We can correlate them, as you said, 100%. all around the world, and work on developing those issues yeah. away. And
0: and that's the great thing, like you know, by by having that network and the way that functions, we can see any patterns that develop. Um, and because you know all that bo- all that product and those boards go through a QC process in each distributor, we've got that moment where if they see something's changed on how something's assembled, or go, oh, these belts need to be tighter or loosened, or Um, You know, we can see that there and then any other trends that we see from customers, we get that as well. So, we literally have like, what, 14 distributors basically acting as like research hubs feeding information to us, which is like beyond helpful when it comes to development and moving forward and uh, yeah, you you couldn't really ask for a bigger platform to get that information from. Yeah, (laughs) it was interesting about the weather because that's so
1: true because... On the Gold Coast, we rarely experience anything under ten degrees Celsius, so yeah. it, it is hard for us to test how boards perform in the snow because it's not going to happen. <laughs> not um, here. <laughs> meanwhile, Germany, Russia, those
0: places are they spend get most there. of their year in those weather, in that weather. So,
1: um, back on research and development yep. in both like new and existing products, what do you do?
0: So. Uh, one of the things I like doing is like when a new product was first released you know we would give the distributors an online form and we use it for not so much uh, like actual issues or faults or anything like that but the little things like the the one percent is the two percent is that you hear people talking about or reporting and they can report those concerns through that form and they all come through to one source and we can then go through that and raise it with our team so Uh, and we we have done that in the past and we do still do that now and uh, that's a really great source of being able to actually, you know, go, okay, we're seeing uh, this specific concern raised from all distributors so it's obviously something that's trending or, you know, we can see, okay, it's related to this area so we can relate it to temperature or um, environment and uh, so we have that as well as we have like individual sort of reporting uh, from each distributor that we sort of deal with separately and independently and I think both of those kind of aspects together Uh, really help getting that information across the line. And it gives an opportunity where if I need to, I can follow up with them directly and go, okay, this specific concern, um, let's get some more information on it, let's do this. And I can contact out to them, I can reach out to them like instantly and we can work through it together. We video call, we voice call um, and, you know, we try and do sort of semi-regular catch-ups, which is really helpful uh, just to stay on top of those kinds of things. Say when we were work, working on the GTR, yep. we obviously had the engineers
1: and the industrial designers do what they need to do to create yep. the product. And then it, it sort of comes to us, yeah. you, and we come at it from an electric skateboard rider perspective yeah. and also the service department. 100%. How, how did that play out with the GTR, um, I guess, R&D build? Yes.
0: So, I mean, like obviously, we spent a fair bit of time in that, uh, R&;D and testing phase of GTR like a long time um, and you know we've got a great team of like designers and engineers and everything like that but you do really need uh, the, that team on the ground so when you're testing it and you're finding that there's a little issues here and there knowing how to fix it or firstly how to diagnose it then how to fix it and how to propose a situ- like a solution that can be implemented in production that will fix that. And so that's kind of like where we come into play here on the ground. It's in that testing phase. It's, you know, when we come across an issue, diagnosing it, finding out why it failed, not just going, okay, this is what's failed, but why coming up with, okay, this is what we can do to fix it. And this is what we can do in production and knowing, like looking at something and it may work as it's sitting on a bench, but then knowing as a writer, like what you and I are going to put them through, we go, okay, well, we're going to see this happen or this and, we, we can sort of address that straight away. And um, and obviously, you know, things aren't faultless, um, but we can address majority of what we come across through those systems. Do you have any examples
1: of uh, those those things that we did do brake test, brake test on?
0: Yeah, definitely. So obviously, w- let's use the GTR, for example, because that's obviously like that was a big stepping stone for a lot of reasons. Um, and one of the biggest uh, components that changed in that was the battery and how we have it mounted on a PCB. And so, obviously, that was quite a new development at the time. And that took a fair bit of uh, just tweaking and adjustments to get right. Like, you know, the first few samples, we had the cell tabs cracking um, because we were still using pretty much the same kind of quality inspect tabs that you would on a normal kind of pack. And the difference being that when it's on a PCB, uh, it was probably getting a little bit more sort of vibration in a sense. And the way it was in the deck was sort of getting that little bit more impact. So we had to adjust those tabs a few times um, to get them right and to make sure that they were strong enough to work with the movement of the PCB um, and make sure you know, because they're quite a large single tab, they're almost like a T-shape. And yeah, we got into a point where we got the material right, like the thickness and the shape um, and just that whole assembly part, like really down pat and... We haven't really seen issues with it since then, which is like a perfect example of the, the first uh, samples to, you know, like a production level part. Yeah, and that, that's sort of what I was saying. So mechanically and engineering-wise,
1: the design is sound. Yeah. So on a benchtop and in CAD when people are looking at it, yes, this is good enough. Yep. It comes to us and we have to test it, assess it, flog it, yeah. <laughs> um, and break a few of them to make sure that over a lot of iterations that... It sort of comes to. and that's the same with firmware as well. We do a lot of that.
0: Yeah, definitely. I'm pretty sure the GTR had 130 it's something, something ridiculous. Different- and each firmware we tested, and yeah. you know, it's not just like oh, I ran on a bench or you know, quick ride in a car park. Like each firmware was like taken out, given a full ride, uh, any bugs, glitches, any tweaks we wanted to change on it. And it's a long process when you're doing that because you need to make sure that you've covered. Every part of that firmware, so that you can try and address things as quickly as possible. Could you hazard a guess as to how many kilometers you've ridden? Honestly, could not. Hey, like so people have asked me this before: how, how much have I ridden on a board, or how much, you know, how many hours, how many kilometers? And I, I tried to sort of estimate it one day, and it just it just becomes too much. Like, uh, you know, even when you try and incorporate that into like your daily practices. So, you know, I got to a stage where. I was testing on my commutes to work. So I would commute um, at one stage, 18 to 20 Ks to work testing product. And that was testing physical parts, firmware. And then, you know, that was actually a really good way to do it because that's real world. I'm in my natural environment. I was used to riding my GTX at the time. And then I was riding like those GTR samples. And so for me, it was like that straight transition to uh imagining that was my new board and go okay i want this change or i feel like this should do this and that was a great way to do it and so i've tried to incorporate a lot of that testing into my real world riding and i felt like that was the best way for me to get the the initial feel of okay i think this should be different um so when you start doing that in conjunction with your specific testing yeah this you just start losing track of (laughs) the time and the distance you've traveled. When you start doing range
1: tests on street wheels, it really adds those numbers up,
0: yeah, it's when you're sixty kilos and you do multiple range tests, it goes for a fair while, like you're out on the board for a fair few hours, and yeah you you start sort of playing mind games with yourself <laughs> mm-hmm. but. Talking good fun, cool. All right, that's gonna
1: do us on this episode of the service with Evolve. Um, We do have a complete service video that we will put in the link of this video. So if you want to service your board, click on that video, and it walks you through bearings, belts, tires, cleaning, all those things. Get your board. How good is a board after a fresh service when it's dead quiet?
0: Customers don't rave about it. Like they they love it. Like, so every time a customer does it, they're just, oh, the board feels so much better. Like it's quiet, it runs smooth. Like, you know, if you haven't done a service on your board for a while, please do one. (laughs) You'll appreciate it. You'll love it. If you do get stuck, reach out to a service team and they can help you out with any information you need. Awesome. And we're about to hit
1: 70k on Instagram, so please go and follow us there. If you're not so we can we can get there sweet thanks guys thanks